You're listening to the Roadmap to Diet Success, Episode 29, Mindfulness, Another Important Key to Escape Diet Prison. Did you know that you don't have to spend money on a diet program or weigh, measure, and track your food? What if you could learn to have success by following an easy roadmap that takes you on adventures from learning how to change your mindset so that you can believe in yourself? to learning about what foods work best in your body and why. Join me, Miriam Hatoum, health coach, course creator, and author of Breaking Free from Diet Prison, as I give you actionable coaching advice that is sure to empower you so that you will finally find peace with food and learn to trust your body's signals. You've got this, girl. Oh, and before we start, I want to let you know that the primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and does not constitute medical advice or services. And I'm keeping up with the science as fast as I can so I can share with you the latest breaking research in this area to help you achieve your dreams. Even though I have had a very hard time with mindfulness, mostly because of the monkeys playing dodgeball in my head, I still intentionally set out to practice it at every meal. Sometimes I don't manage to be present but more and more often I do. I am not talking about meditation here, which is a whole other branch of mindfulness. I am talking about all the things I'm going to tell you in this episode. It's putting down the fork between bites and not having more than one bite in my mouth at a time. You would think putting down the fork between bites would take care of this, but it doesn't. Yes, I might put the fork down at the end of each bite and not pick it up until the next one, but there is chewing and swallowing in between, and my second forkful often comes to my mouth during that in-between spot. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. My other mindfulness struggle that is getting much better is being aware of my satiety cues. I have the hunger cue nailed down. You might think you do too, but don't assume that unless you have really worked on awareness and putting a number to your hunger signal. I have spent so many years dieting where the portions were given to me by weighing, measuring, and tracking that I really had no awareness of the signal as to when I was done. I was done when the food was gone. Worse yet, because I was eating too fast, I was still hungry when my plate was empty. This confounded the issue of finding my satiety cue, because what was in my stomach did not match my brain, where the number resides. After a bit of study, I found out that it really does take approximately 20 minutes for your gut to send the message to your brain that it is full enough not full to the point of the feeling of bursting. I started to respect the practice of slowing down and paying attention to my food. I also started to pay attention to other signals. Have you ever been eating and just had a sigh? Have you ever been eating and then just started pushing food around? Have you ever been eating and suddenly the food is no longer as enjoyable as that first bite? 
Yeah, these are all signals that are flashing at you to stop. And sometimes it doesn't even take 20 minutes. I was not very successful when I officially did intuitive eating. I say officially because I worked with two different intuitive eating therapists. I will cover this in episode 30. I was not successful because I was missing all the cues to stop eating. This is why I want you to start to automatically assign a number when you are wondering whether you are hungry or full. In the upcoming year, I'm going to work more with intuitive eating and the hunger scale because I think it does have a lot to offer. But you can't do it without this mindfulness I am talking about with this. Start practicing what I am giving you in this episode. Practice all through the upcoming holidays and let's be ready. There are many ways to be mindful. Often meditation is paired with the word mindfulness, but there are many other mindfulness practices that do not have anything to do with meditation, and I will cover a few here in this episode. I have found that these practices help my clients stay in the moment. Most overeating comes when our minds are somewhere else, either not thinking at all or purposely using eating to avoid or dampen feelings. How often do we finish our dinner and don't even remember that we have eaten it because we have not registered any fullness cues? How often do we wake up from what seems like a trance and wonder how a bag of chips or a box of cookies got emptied? Let's start with a few principles. I will elaborate on each as I give you some mindful practices to try. First of all, Start easy. Pay attention to something you do every day. Trust yourself and your feelings. Approach situations with curiosity. Breathe whenever you can. Ground yourself physically. Let expectations and judgments go. Here are a few to think about and practice. Slow down. Eat slowly and put your fork down between bites. Or for instance, if you are eating a roll-up, put the food down. You probably eat way too fast anyway. If you are harboring some anxiety with this process, you will find that the food will be gone even more quickly without realizing you ate it. Also, This is true that it takes about 20 minutes for the full signal to hit your brain. The sciency explanation is that it normally takes 20 minutes for food to get from the stomach to the ileum in the small intestine. The ileum secretes the gut hormone, PYY, which is responsible for making you feel full. That is why it is better to eat slowly. And this will take care of how do I know I am full. In order to feel satisfied with the quantity of food you are eating, you must slow down. Slowing down takes mindful practice, and you can easily accomplish this by putting down your fork or food between bites and then actually chewing your food. If you are a fast eater, Notice at your next meal whether or not you actually thoroughly chew your food. 
You will be shocked. I guarantee it. Whenever I am with people who eat more slowly than I do, I always tell myself I will not be the first one finished at this table. And usually chewing my food thoroughly takes care of that. Dig in does not mean shovel it in. Take your time. Eat slowly, chew, swallow, and breathe. Put in a speed bump. Take what you feel is an adequate portion of food and divide it into two plates. Put the plate in front of you that you were going to eat and put the other plate either in the middle of the table or on a kitchen counter. Finish what is in front of you, then see if you want the rest. If you are eating out or with other people, just draw that divider in your mind's eye. This is a great mindfulness practice to use, but do not take three ounces of protein, which is a standard deck of cards or palm of your hand-sized portion, and divide that. Take something substantially more to start so that half is at least that three-ounce portion. If you are still hungry and want to eat more, then eat more. You will learn what satiety is. Believe me, things take time. If you are an adult and have been overweight for a long time, look at me, since childhood, you will have to meet mindfulness and intention at least halfway. I promise eventually it will become natural for you. The next practice is breathing. Before you even take your first bite, take three deep breaths. You can do it quietly so no one else notices. Sit for a moment with your hands in your lap and breathe. Let your senses take in the food. Being mindful and aware of what you are eating will also help you feel more satisfied by the food in front of you. Add some slow breathing at various points in your meal, even during the preparation and plating. Just slow down. We are always so rushed around food. Just tell yourself that with each meal, you need the specific vitamins suggested by Mark David, which are SD and BE. These stand for slow down and breathe. I will put his book in the show notes and transcript. Again, when you sit down with your plate of food in front of you, just take a moment and look at the food and be grateful it is there to nourish you. Take a breath, eat, put your fork or food down, chew, swallow, breathe. You would not think you need to be instructed to do this until you actually do it and realize that you never do. Centering yourself at this step will prepare you, more than you know, for success with any eating style you plan to follow. The next step is to pay attention. Pay attention to what you are eating and how the food or quantity of food makes you feel. Think about how you might adjust the next meal the next time you eat these foods. If you were not satisfied by the meal, 
if you didn't feel well, if it made you sleepy, or you found you were hungry soon after. Equally important is to notice if the meal or individual food made you feel good. And this is not just the lack of not feeling well. Did the meal give you energy? Did it satisfy you for several hours? Now let's use potatoes for an example. As you are cutting down sugars and foods that turn into glucose in your body, you might find that you are becoming sensitive to heavier carbohydrates. A baked potato that never bothered you now feels heavy in your stomach. All vegetables are carbohydrates, but a potato will feel different in your body than a salad would. You might find that these starchier and heavier carbohydrate foods make you sleepy, make you hungry sooner, or even unsettle your stomach. Start to pay attention to these things. It will help you make smarter choices so that you use your carbohydrates more wisely. It will help you immensely if your goal is to be fully keto, because a well-formulated keto diet has a lot to do with what foods you are eating and in what quantities they satisfy you. But for any eating lifestyle, you will start tuning into hunger and satiety signals. If you want to move away from weighing and measuring, listen to your body to know that you have picked the right foods and quantities for satiety. This mindfulness practice is an important step to help you get out of diet prison. Now, gratitude. Survey what is on your plate and take just a few seconds to be grateful for what is in front of you. This will help you keep in the present. Have your feet on the floor, physically grounding yourself when you do this. This helps you with awareness, your body and how you feel in that body. This will also help you to slow down. Your hunger scale. At all points of the day and all points of your meal, but especially as you are finishing, pay attention to your hunger scale. Unless this is your very first time following a nutritional program, I am sure you have heard of the hunger and fullness scale. I covered this extensively in episode six, The Key to Freedom, Using Your Hunger Scale. I am giving you two VFOs this week, and that booklet is one of them. Stay tuned to the end to hear how to get it. Now let's talk about Kaizen and your mindfulness practice. In episode 18, Kaizen, the practice of gentle improvements, I talked about how small but steady 1% improvements in your behavior add up to great transformations over time. A lot of these practices are perfect opportunities to set up a Kaizen practice. For instance, your goal might be to sit at the table while you are eating. However, you might need several steps to get there. You'll stop eating in the car. You'll stop eating standing up at the counter or in front of the fridge. Move to the table with the bag of chips. How about eating snacks from a bowl? Put the snacks in a large bowl, then a medium one, then a small one. How about setting out a napkin? 
you might need all these steps to reach your mindfulness practice goal of sitting at the table with your food. Each step is an improvement over the one before. Don't discount the small steps. Suggestions for other mindfulness practices. What would you like to work on? Here are a few more to get you practicing. Sit at the table when you eat. Have gratitude for your meal. Eliminate distractions. Just eat. Bring other senses to the table like smell and sight. No judgment. If you are eating cake, enjoy every bite. Practice positive self-talk. Practice positive affirmations. And go back to episode 23 if you need some coaching on this. Recognize when you have stopped an urge or a craving. Recognize and congratulate yourself for all NSVs, which stands for non-scale victories. Recognize and congratulate yourself for bringing Kaizen into your life. What mistakes are we making? Well, we don't have patience, one of the first and most important factors of mindfulness. We are impatient to get on to the next bite, the next meal, the next activity. We rush and we don't slow down. We think that mindfulness is something out there and that we have to set aside a time and a place for it. No, just be present with whatever you're doing, whether it is brushing your teeth or your granddaughter's hair. Be present with what you were doing. Notice what you were doing. Think about it. As you start to practice mindfulness with everyday things, this will transfer to where you need it while you are eating. Another mistake is that we don't approach mindfulness with curiosity. I bet most of you have already made up your minds along the lines of, this won't work, this is malarkey, or I have no time for this. Put all that aside and just be curious about it. Think instead, I wonder if this will work. I wonder if it really takes up too much time, or I wonder if it will make any difference. We don't trust ourselves or the process. It's a lot of I can't do this or that is stupid. Let the doubt go. Embrace curiosity and accept that you actually might be surprised with the results. And the biggest mistake is we don't just start with the easy stuff. Put your fork down. Don't have two bites in your mouth at the same time. Chew, swallow, and breathe. Now for this week's actionable coaching advice, Practice developing your own mindfulness practices. Set up a worksheet or use index cards to examine the practices you would like to work on and steps you will need. Take a page in your journal or use a plain piece of paper or index card, as I said. Make three columns. The first one says mindfulness practice. The second one asks a question with two possible answers. Am I able to do it now? 
If the answer is yes, then do it. If the answer is no, then work on a third column. The third column asks, what steps do I need to take? Play with this a little bit. One of my clients found that the best practice was being mindful of the way her husband eats his meal. He is a slow poke and she decided she was not going to finish before him. That's one of my favorites and I do it too. With this as her umbrella goal, she put everything else into practice, putting her fork down between bites, chewing, swallowing, and breathing. You don't have to do everything at once, but it becomes natural to move on to the next goal once you are comfortable with what you are doing. And as with the advice in episode 23 on self-talk and affirmations, make sure to give yourself a little pat on the back when you have achieved any one of the steps. I think if you put your fork down between bites, you deserve an award. This week's VFO is the Good, Better, Best Method. I have made this available for several of the preceding episodes, but now I want you to look at it as a way to put it in a pause before you eat something. In the next episode, we will get away from the dichotomy of good foods and bad foods. And so this week, as you use your good, better, best method, I don't want you to think about good and bad foods, but rather, is this what I really want to have for my meal right now? If it falls into the good category, that is absolutely fine. It doesn't have to be in the best category to make it the right thing for you to eat at the time. The second VFO is working with the hunger scale. And I also just want to put a reminder that all the mindfulness practices we have covered in this episode and many more are in my book, Breaking Free from Diet Prison, and also my course of the same name. The links for the book, course, and VFOs are in the show notes and transcript. Next week, I am going to investigate intuitive eating, which is actually a simple idea. It means that you make peace with all types of food. Unlike traditional diets that restrict or ban certain foods, intuitive eating requires you to stop looking at foods as good or bad. Instead, you listen to your body and eat what feels right for you. Let me just say, much easier said than done. But there are ways to approach it and make it successful. There is also a difference between mindful eating and intuitive eating, and I will cover that as well. So go share the show with your friends, let them know that's coming up in the next episode, and invite them to tune in with you and learn how to become free from diet prison with my Roadmap to Diet Success. And if you like what you hear, please like and subscribe, and remember to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. It helps other people find the show. Also, don't be a stranger. Come on over to my Facebook page, Breaking Free from Diet Prison, and let me know if there's anything you would like to hear on the show. Better yet, join my Facebook page, Roadmap to Diet Success, that I set up especially for podcast listeners. You can also email me directly, miriam at miriamhatoum.com. 
I would especially like to hear about episode ideas you are interested in. Until then, go live free from diet worry, and I'll see you back here next time.